Are there days when you feel frustrated because you're not seeing progress, but yet you continue to do the same things over and over expecting a different result? Are there days you feel defeated, lost, or hopeless and feel like giving up? Well, you're in the right place, my friend, and I can help. This is the Road to Health podcast, and my name's Tamar, your host for this adventure. Join me on my perfectly imperfect journey as I implement the strategies I've learned from the coaches I work with and make my goals and dreams a reality. I don't always manage to resist the temptations that life throws at me, but by working on developing the way I think and how I take action, I've learned to build a firm belief in my own ability to change. No one needs to take this journey alone, so if you want to be empowered to live up to your true potential and meet the challenge of change, join me on the road to health. Hey everyone, Tamar here from the Road to Health podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today on this adventure and happy, happy new year. I know we're a little bit into it now and I have heard a lot of people talk about their new year's resolutions. Now, I no longer make new year's resolutions and there's a reason for that. Uh, Now, that being said, I'm a huge, huge goal setter, right? I'm not against making goals. I'm not against, you know, doing New Year's resolutions in general. But what I found in my own personal experience is that anytime I've set these resolutions because it's a new year, I have only lasted a couple months and then I revert right back to the way I was. And then, of course, I live most of the year kind of looking forward to January 1st again, because then I can make another New Year's resolution, right? And year after year, it became the year I was going to change my life, the year that everything was going to be different. And of course, I kept taking the same approach to everything, and nothing changed. One of the massive things that I learned in 2020, and I learned a lot last year, was that in order to really start to be successful in the goals that I would create for myself is I had to discover my purpose. And I know I talk about this a lot and I'm going to continue to talk about it because if you actually uh, read, they're called blue zones. There's five areas of the world that they actually have a lot more longevity than we do typically here in North America. Although one of those spots happens to be in California One of those locations is also um, Okinawa, I hope I pronounced that right, Japan. And this is where the concept of Ikigai uh, comes from. And as you know, this is something that I, I really teach people, I'm very passionate about, and it's something that has completely changed my life. But when I discovered my purpose, it gave me a much more clear direction. And every time... I discover a new goal that I want to achieve. I add that as long as it as long as it aligns with my purpose in life. And so that is what I hope for everybody this year that if you're making those new year's resolutions, please 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 do the self-analysis that goes along with it, you know, discover what your purpose is in life and then create goals that align with that so that you can learn to become successful because Really, the reality is, is obviously 2020 was crazy and I'm sure most of us would like to forget about it and move on and, you know, start a fresh, fresh, fresh new life. But the reality is, is that the early 2021 is probably going to be much the same as the end of 2020 
unless we decide to not make it that way, right? And that's something to think about is we have the choice if we want to continue to live the way we did in 2020 or we want to change it. So make the choice to change it and take some action. So I'm really excited though. I love cheering people on when they set goals and um, I think this is a good time of year to do it of course. I think we all get really wrapped up into it but just make sure that this year you commit to yourself that you're going to be consistent and follow through. I think this goes quite nicely into today's interview as well. Because really, when we continue to experience this cycle of failure, right, we do things over and over and hope to get the different results, but we don't because we never really do that self-analysis. We're not really doing things that are based off of what we're passionate about or what our purpose is. And that can lead to negative self-talk, limiting beliefs, right? And I struggled with this for so, so many years. So that is why I continued to make these resolutions and think that year after year, it was going to be different, but it never was because I never learned how to apply anything differently, right? And that led to depression, uh, which I've talked about before. And that leads into today's guest, which is my friend Jessica Sun, who is a spiritual student and a spiritual teacher. She is also the host of the Guru Please podcast. Jessica and I get into her struggle with depression for so many years. And of course, her belief, right, that we're all here for a reason, and she calls it her soul contract, which is very, very cool. We also talk about what inspired her to start the podcast. And we realized we had something in common, which also was addiction. So we get a little bit into that. So this is such a well-rounded show. I can't wait for you to hear it. And of course, after the show, make sure you head on over to the show notes and go check out Jessica's show. It's fantastic. And I hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm hanging out with my friend Jessica Sun. She's a spiritual student and teacher and the host of the Guru Please podcast. Thank you for so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Samara. So why don't we start off from the beginning? You can pick any age you want, but <laughs> why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and kind of what led you to where you are today? Yeah, so hmm, there's like a lot of aspects to like a journey. And um, I mean, touching a bit on my childhood, I grew up in a pretty emotionally neglectful family. And yet physically, it looked like everything was fine. You know, food was on the table every day. School, you know, went to school, went to a great uh, public education. Um, it looked like on the surface, things were great because... I grew up in what might be considered like an extremely privileged area. I grew up in Palo Alto, California, uh, right next to Stanford. And so we got the best of everything. I mean, people had tutors for like everything. We had all these extracurricular activities, dance, sports, you know, you name it, we had it. Right. And so I didn't realize um, what emotional neglect, neglect really was until much later. Uh, and so around my teens, uh, I started getting in trouble in school. Uh, before that, I was, I was honestly like a teacher's pet. Like the, my favorite thing was school. <laughs> and I did extremely well. Um, I was always like top of the class. But then 
around sixth, seventh grade, I started actually getting in trouble. I was suspended a few times and, uh, but, but I never talked about it with my parents. We just weren't on talking terms in like a sense. Um, and so into high school, uh, I noticed, you know, my mood was more and more like lower and lower, but I didn't even have the words to articulate what I felt. I actually didn't know how to have a feeling. (laughs) Honestly, I remember uh, one of my friends, she said, I think she asked me, well, how do you feel? Like, what emotions are you feeling? And I was like, how do you know what emotion you're feeling? And she was like, well, you know, you can look at a list and pick out some. I was like, how can you know out of this whole list? It was like I was trying to solve a math problem, but it wasn't a math problem. It was like you ask yourself how you feel. It wasn't like you could figure out the answer outside you. So for many years, like I I didn't even know how to feel, honestly. And so, um, but I kind of knew deep inside me that there was an issue like I had problems but I just I didn't even have the words for it and eventually I decided like I was depressed and so I started seeing a counselor that helped um, into college years uh, it kind of took a turn for the worse and then I did get addicted to alcohol I started drinking in college I actually didn't have my first drink until I was 20 21 and very quickly within a year it was out of control (laughs) i was drinking every day and um it was impacting my mood more and then uh you know just relationship issues and eventually i was hospitalized uh, involuntarily um, by a counselor at, at the school um she was concerned about like you know, passive suicidal ideation. And so I, after about four days in the hospital, um, it was, it was actually a moment, the first time in my entire life that I was free when I was in, in the hospital. It was, it was a place where you don't have anything to do. You don't have your clothes. You, you have literally nothing to do. And so I I would take like five seven naps a day because there's honestly nothing else to do and then we would have some food and then I remember I brought one book to the hospital and I actually rationed it because I was afraid of finishing it too fast um and then when I came home I decided like that was the point in my life where I would really prioritize my health because my entire life up until then, um, and I was 21 at that time, like my entire life until then, my health was not a priority. It was always like, just, you know, don't sleep, you know, just, I would just, you know, sleep at 2, 3 a.m., get up at 7, you know, like constantly working too hard in school and, you know, being part of like too many activities and classes and just generally overwhelmed. Um and so I really decided to prioritize my health at that point. And um, yeah, a lot changed from there. So we can we can talk about that. So. Absolutely. Now, you talked about, you know, when you got into drinking and stuff. For me, when I started drinking, it was really to numb the feelings. And, you know, you mentioned you really struggled to know what you were feeling. So 
What was that like for you? Because of course we know obviously alcohol is a depressant and I was depressed very bad as well. And it just made it worse, even though I was using alcohol to try and cover that up because I didn't want to feel the way I did because I didn't know why I was feeling so terrible. Like I just didn't want to exist anymore. So what was that like for you? Mm. Yeah, I didn't want to exist anymore. That brings back it's it like echoes some sense of of what was happening i if i really remember what was going on um i was so lost and so i felt like i was caught up in a story that wasn't my own it was like i was constantly being forced into you know these different situations and i felt like i had to be there you know, every single step in my life, I had to do it. And it wasn't my own choice, but I was just trying to get through in the meanwhile, it was as if, you know, like, let's just, let's just get to the next step. And hopefully one day it'll be done. And so um, why did I use alcohol? I think the first few times I had it, I felt this, you know, amazing rush, which it does provide where you feel like you're free. <laughs> like It gives you this power of well, I can talk to anyone. I can float around and do anything and break the rules and, you know, play on that edge of, of danger. And it is a very gratifying experience until you um, really come to terms with the fact that afterward you are in a lower state than before. Um, and sometimes you just, you just ignore that. And then it's just you go in the cycle and it will come back stronger and stronger until you really understand that this is an addictive substance that uh, it has an, an overall net negative impact. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <clears throat> for me, depression, I struggled with very early in my 20s and I felt it like I just felt that kind of hopeless and not understanding why I was going through it. And, yeah. you know, my my addiction got way worse and then it just progressed. And I remember going to the doctor once finally because a friend of mine was like, you need help, right? And mm -hmm. not once did I think maybe I should quit drinking because that wasn't the problem, right? Mm -hmm. I And I, I'm like, okay, well, maybe maybe I should and so I went and I love my doctor um he actually said listen I'm gonna put you on antidepressants but you're gonna take a program you're gonna do counseling you're going to do meditation like he recommended all these healthy things that you know we're gonna get into mm -hmm. um to help me with my depression instead of relying on medication for it all the time but you know I think I've used a lot of those tools today but I still struggle sometimes, you know, what's it like for you? Kind of how did you get out of that? And and are there still times today when you get depressed and you have to just pull yourself out of it? Yeah. So with depression, I recall as I was extremely depressed in throughout my teen years uh, and into my early 20s, you don't actually realize how terrible and and bad it is until you really launch yourself out of it and start to love life. So it's actually been quite recently that when I do look back and I read my old journal entries, because I was journaling throughout these, these entire, you know, the past, you know, decade plus, I am so saddened by what I had gone through, my younger self had been through, and I'm almost shocked how bad it was. And 
today, maybe I'll have echoes of like those thoughts that come into your mind, uh, you know, out of habit, like, oh, like, you know, you might as well just die now or, you know, like, oh, nothing matters. But I'll recognize that thought as something that isn't me uh, and really separating yourself from that voice and saying, no, that's, I don't want to think that way. Honestly, I I, I want to feel good. Like at this point, I've decided that I want to feel good. And I think that's a huge step. And it's not obvious. It's like, you think you do want to feel good, but honestly, we, we're getting a lot of rewards from feeling bad and to recognize what those are. Because for me, those rewards were, well, I feel terrible, but in this terrible feeling, I feel like I'm different and in a way special. <laughs> and then you think, oh, and then I was also creating art at the time. I was like, oh, well, feeling depressed makes my art better. Like I was getting this like payoff, this tiny payoff, which wasn't worth it in the end. But, you know, I think it's really important to recognize that we do have some kind of psychological mental benefits from being in a low place. And then um, to, to recognize that, like, what does it actually feel like to feel good? Because I think a lot of people in the throes of depression actually just haven't felt good ever, <laughs> you know? Um, and that's part of the journey is to every day, like a, a very small, minor, like the smallest thing to improve that and to improve the health. and to set your sights uh, on feeling good about yourself, to love yourself, to love life and to really enjoy life and live at like a vibrancy beyond anything, you know, like these tiny, tiny increments will, will lead you to like actually feeling good. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it's, you know, that self-pity I like mm -hmm. when you when you say there's actually something out of it for you I remember feeling the same right because you get attention you have people going oh are you okay so it's almost you crave it it's like people who crave drama and yeah. I always like to talk to clients one of the questions or things I tell them to, to kind of think on, on is we are what we think and I can get trapped very easily if I start thinking about the limiting beliefs and like, can I really do this? Oh, maybe I can't, you know, and that could go down very quickly. But then I ask myself, okay, if I am what I think, what I am, what am I today? And that keeps me motivated each and every day because I'm like, no, I'm on a mission, right? I have this passion in life now and this purpose in life and yeah. it keeps me future focused. So I don't tend to fall back into that state of wanting people to feel sorry for myself because you notice it right when people will post something on social media and you know it's like oh I'm, I'm feeling bad for myself mm -hmm. right now and it's yeah. almost like they crave the comments <laughs> that are like oh I'm so sorry and I look at that and I'm like I'm so grateful today that I don't do that because mm -hmm. I don't want that kind of energy in my life so mm -hmm. You know, I I, re I read something and I believe that we're all here for a reason. Obviously, yeah. I, I've come to realize over the last few years that I have a purpose and a calling in life. You call it your soul contract, which I loved. Can you talk more about that? Yes. So this is something, yeah, quite recently that I've really been pondering deeply. And this is 
Okay, so a lot of people do talk about the soul contract, and maybe I'll say it in my own way that might be different from, you know, somebody else's version of it. But anyway, um, this is an idea. So you can even take it as a thought experiment. You don't even need to take it as the truth. Just whatever helps you, because I just find that it helps me. And I don't really think of ideas as um, true or false. It's just like, okay, what is helpful? So. So this is the idea. We, before we were born, we actually maybe like had a meeting with like God or whomever and mapped out like what the obstacles and challenges in our life would be. And the reason we did that is because we wanted to become a certain kind of character. Like we already knew, okay, what kind of person do I want to be? And so the higher your aspirations for your character, the more challenges that you're going to go through. And so the, the idea is that you actually mapped out all the obstacles in front of you in your life to create the kind of character that you're going to become. And so what I did, you know, before I was born is that I decided, okay, I'm going to be born into this kind of situation. I'm going to have these kinds of parents. Uh, I'm going to be in this, you know, high pressure situation, neglectful, deeply, um, you know, out of tune with who I was. And I will, you know, I'll front load my life with just enormous challenges. And then from there, that will be the soil from which I grow out of because those obstacles, that's the fertilizer. If you don't have hard times, you're, you actually don't have those opportunities to build your character because it's in those hard times that you're at the fork in the road. You're going to decide what kind of person am I going to become? It becomes a question and a possibility. But if you just have a, an easy life with no obstacles, I mean, that's one way to go for sure. But it, you can't actually hone your character. You can't actually level up from there, you know, just like in a, in a video game you know, you're going to beat the harder bosses to like become stronger or, you know, have a higher level. And in the same way, I chose to have these experiences and these situations such that I could learn an enormous amount, uh, you know, like from childhood, from early adulthood. And from there, I can create an incredible character in myself and somebody who's who's carried these experiences and transmuted that energy into um, just like a higher, a higher being and really transcended the obstacles. Wow. That's powerful. I, you know, it's, it's the last, probably I would say year and a half, I still struggled with the beliefs that my addiction was something that would affect my future. And I thought, you know, I'm destined to work the nine to five job, you know, being the kind of person that, you know, wasn't 100% satisfied, but wasn't sure what more I could do in life. And, you know, mm. kind of almost that anxiety Sunday evening when you realize you have to go and do it again. And I didn't want that in life. You know, I felt like I had more of a purpose than I was actually digging into. And, you know, now I've realized that my 20 plus years in addiction has actually become my greatest asset. And there's no part of me like, do I wish I would have got sober sooner? Maybe, because right? you never know where I'd be. But 
I had to, I believe I had to go through all that to be who I am today. And right now I feel so out of my comfort zone doing, you know, the podcasting and the coaching, Mm -hmm. but it's almost like a feeling now that I just thrive off of, you know, it's like, I finally feel like I have a reason to be alive on this planet. You know, that has been a gift. And, you know, I, I speak to other people in addiction and it's, you know, talking to someone and saying, me too, I've been through that. And then getting them to see that you don't have to be just that person. Like you've got all this experience behind you and look at what you can do to make this world a better place. Right. Yeah. It's this quote that I've been thinking about, which is, okay, so we all suffer. We are all going to suffer. And that's something undeniable. If you deny it, you're going to suffer more, actually. So but through suffering we can have compassion if i didn't go through what i've been through the depression the anxiety the alcoholism just school trouble like all these things now i can empathize with people going through that you know now i because i know so deeply what it is like to not be heard and to be invisible and because i know that so deeply i can now give others the gift of listening to them, caring about them, you know, allowing them to express their feelings because I know how important this is for people. Yeah. And it's sometimes you just need someone to say, hey, you have a gift, right? Like you just don't recognize it yet, but you just keep going, keep walking forward and trying things. So let's talk about that for a second. So like, what are your thoughts on listening to your intuition? Yeah. So Okay, coming from like an extremely logical family, like my entire family is engineers. I actually grew up thinking that everyone's families were engineers because growing up in Silicon Valley, like I did not know anyone whose parent was a painter or, you know, a teacher, etc. It was like engineers. <laughs> and so I grew up in this like, you know, just rational minded, um, no emotion, you know, this kind of situation. And so I dismissed anything to do with emotions like oh that's just it just gets in the way like oh you want to talk about the heart and the soul and and your spirit like that's nonsense like, there's that doesn't exist <laughs> and um I would yeah I would be extremely critical and dismissive and, and judgmental and all these things but now I'm in an extremely different place with much vaster understanding which is that um rather than thinking from my mind, I can now identify the mind from how the heart speaks. And so the heart has a different kind of voice and the mind's voice is like chatter nonstop every day and it's often very negative. The heart doesn't speak very much at all. Like it's actually quite quiet. And when it does speak, it's very soft and it's like a one phrase and you're like, oh, that's deep, you know? It's like, Oh, and then it it can seem like it comes out of nowhere too. And that's what the heart sounds like. And like listening to the intuition is kind of following the heart, but then also it's more of a sense rather than like you, you're hearing words like being spoken. You just know like, okay, now's the time to do this. Or like something happens, you're like, oh, why don't I explore that? Or and it's also it's partly also like following your joy and just 
what lights you up. You're like, Ooh, I, I'm curious about this. I, I just want to learn more. I don't care if I'm bad at it or how good I am. It's like, I, I just want to explore this. And a big part of the intuition is it's a guiding force that you just trust and it's, it's within you. And then it's also without you. It's like, it's outside and it's inside. It's, it's like your connection with everything else um, that you, you're not like working for, like you, you can't really like, like develop your intuition. All you can do is develop the ability to listen to it and to feel it and to act on it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I love how you talk about like talking from the heart because I have always looked at myself as someone that wasn't very highly educated because, you know, I, I failed out of, I tried to go to college for a little bit. Um, and so I looked at myself as someone who wasn't smart. Mm. And, you know, if I'm, I love to self-educate myself right, you know, now and learn as much as I can. But when I'm called upon to speak, you know, I, I will listen to people and kind of pay attention. And I'm like, wow, they're so well-spoken and they're so smart. And then I get asked to speak. And of course, I come from a very, I can't believe I'm even here right now. I can't believe mm. you've even asked me to share and I almost have this out of body experience where I'm like, yeah. I, um, the fear almost kind of starts to take hold where I'm like, okay, why did I say that? Like, that's stupid. But I've, I'm starting to really stand in that now that when I do share, I share from the heart and it doesn't really matter what comes out because it's me and it's vulnerable. And yeah. You know, I don't use big fancy words. I, I learned the word conundrum years ago and I was like, yes, I finally know a big word. <laughs> and <laughs> right. But I've also been told, you know, I recently did a workshop and one of the comments somebody made after was like, Tamar, for the first time I understood a full presentation and you didn't use any big fancy words and I got every part of it and it really resonated with me. And so speaking from the heart and just knowing that it's the right thing to do it's what i lead with now and when i feel like something i'm like okay this feels really right i go for it yeah it's this emphasis on the truth over sounding smart or like you've you know had so much training somewhere or whatever you want to show it's it's like no the the truth is honestly it's pretty simple and you don't need to pollute it with like you know long words like you don't need to throw in vocabulary to like seem like you're something other than you are yeah and it also I think speaks for our uniqueness right it's like just stand in who you are you know and it's something that it's it's still that fears there but the fear is almost like what drives me now because it's like, okay, it's mm -hmm. okay. You're not going to die from speaking. You know, you're not. <laughs> yeah. And so it's a really good feeling. So let's talk a bit about um, your podcast, um, okay. Guru, please. Yeah. So what inspired you to start the podcast? Yeah. So, okay, I'll bring it back to uh, when I came out of the hospital. So I came out and, you know, I went home. And so... I didn't like I had been going to college in St. Louis, Missouri, and then I came back home to California. So I didn't have any friends, really. I didn't have anyone around me. Like my entire life 
seemed like it just like ended and I felt like I was reborn because my whole life all I knew was school and now I'm not in school um I basically kind of like dropped out at that point essentially and um I I had nothing I had no opportunity I had you know no degree no and I was studying like art and theater so like I didn't have a background to even like get a job that I thought, you know, cause everyone else around me would be getting, you know, paid hundred, 200 K like right off the bat kind of thing in their like business consulting or engineering job. And here I was with like nothing. Um, and I decided at that time to focus on my health. And I said, you know what, it doesn't matter. My career doesn't matter. School, like nothing matters except that I am healthy. And at the time I, I didn't actually understand what health meant. I thought, you know, like, I really thought, you know, it was primarily physical. And so I, you know, quit drinking, I ate just really healthy foods, I actually lost like 15 pounds in like less than three months, you know, just from like not drinking and not eating unhealthily, and then also sleeping a lot. And then, you know, I would just read and I started running a little bit. And so health-wise it actually improved quite dramatically but then on top of that I like started like educating myself and so I would read a bunch of books and then I would also listen to podcasts and I listened to just like honestly dozens of podcasts and that's what I would just be doing all day was listening to podcasts because I didn't really have anyone to talk to and you know I was just kind of on my own I mean I had friends in college but like they weren't around and, you know, you can talk for an hour a day, but you know, what about the other like 10, 12, 16 hours? Um, and so I, I listened to coaches. I just like looked up, you know, motivation and inspiration as just tags and, and then came across, you know, many coaches and, and what they're speaking and my mind, like the doors blew open. <laughs> it was the first time somebody said in these words, your thoughts become your feelings feelings become actions and actions become like results or your life and I was like oh like the root of it is what I'm thinking and you can change your thoughts and that will affect you know down the chain how you feel what you do and like what your whole life is and I felt like so empowered by that I actually like in between that time like I ended up you know, getting into real estate, like, like starting my own business, essentially, which I didn't even realize what was happening. I just, yeah, I worked hard. I, you know, made well over six figures, like in my like first full year, it was like transformational what happened. And obviously there are many, many ups and downs in between then, but a big turning point for sure was realizing that our thoughts become our lives. And so, that's what I learned just like from listening to podcasts. So I figured, you know, I think that coaching and like these things are truly valuable because I on I saw it in my own life. I saw the changes. And so I wanted to bring this wisdom to more people. That's why I started the podcast. Yeah, and it's a great, great podcast. So everybody has to, I'll put the link in the show notes, of course, so everybody can check it out. Um, so how do you, you know, what does a typical day for you look like? How do you stay spiritually fit and on top mm. of everything? Yeah, so I think my life is 
so much freer than it ever has been. And within that freedom, you know, there's that responsibility to carefully and deliberately design what you want in your life. And it's not easy because nobody can actually tell you. People can give you their example of what they do, but you will want to craft it yourself and figure out what works and what doesn't and tweak it over time. So nowadays I start my day, I like to wake up before the sun rises. Like I love to see the sunrise and I'll either work out, I'll go for a swim in the ocean, uh, or I will do some yoga. And so while I do the yoga or while I swim, I am focusing on just that moment. Like I, I have to, because my mind starts racing the the very millisecond I wake up. <laughs> like it's like a, a thousand thoughts appear in that one millisecond. And I, and then I just, it's like a train that just like immediately like starts, you know, like the horns honking and the steam's coming out of it. I'm like, but I can see it. And I, I just say, no, 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 just, just wait a moment here. I'm going to put that aside. I'm not going to think those thoughts right now. They'll come anyway. Oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to eat today? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. You know, so I'll just put that aside and then I'll just say, okay, right now, like, for example, in yoga, I'm raising my arms coming to a prayer, you know, hands, you know, just like I feel the stretches as, you know, I, you know, put my foot behind or go into like a down dog and I'll feel like the different parts of my muscles working and, you know, keep breathing in that. And so, you know, being extremely conscious of every movement and, you know, when you're swimming, how, how each stroke of the water feels and feeling like you're a part of the water and you know just being that present when you have that kind of presence um that's how i want to start my day like every day and then i have these certain things i actually tell myself um every morning to remind myself of like who i am and at first it was actually super hard to um do these like i would say i guess you can call it mantra or affirmation uh at first it was really hard because i would write this stuff down i would be like oh, I'm so like excited about who I'm becoming. I'd write the stuff down in like, uh, like the notes app or wherever a piece of paper. And then I would not tell myself what was on the page. And then I would come back like maybe a week later or even some days later, I'd be like, what, what was I thinking about? Like, what is this? Like, I, I would get confused. I would, I would forget, you know, I would essentially forget like what all I had written down. And so now I make it very short. It's like you just need a little bit to like um, spark that like light in you. So I, I tell myself this phrase: um, "My body is a swan," and you can choose any animal you want. But you know, I draw inspiration from from animals. Um, my mind is a diamond. You know, like having that clarity and that precision and like that brightness um my heart is the ocean and so it's like you know the ocean's really big and your emotions are like the waves on the shore and they might be big waves on the shore but honestly the ocean is so vast and so all-encompassing that's your heart and uh like my soul or i am light because i think we are all so so capable and we're like our essence is to be free, just like light is free. And 
I will say this to myself, you know, as I'm swimming or as I'm doing yoga, as I'm just like waking up and it grounds me and it reminds me of who I am because it's actually not obvious if we don't do these reminders, we won't be like who we want to be. <laughs> like we'll just default into some like habitual modes and patterns. Uh, and then I'll, you know, I, I pretty much eat like the same breakfast every day and uh, weekly I'll do like a fast. So I won't eat um, between sunrise and sunset. And I, uh, aside from like this morning ritual, I guess I will, I'll read a lot. So I love to read. I, I'm always like in the middle of like at least four books at a time. Um, I read just, just about everything. And then I have like a writing practice and then like a journaling pra practice as well. That's different. So very different things, journaling versus writing. Uh, and I will make sure to get enough sleep at night. So that's, those are some like very, very core parts of my day. Yeah. Well, the sleep is, that's something I always took for granted and I don't anymore. I, when I started traveling for business, mm -hmm. I would be like, okay, what time do I have to leave? I want to make sure I have a couple hours for my meditation in the morning and the stuff that I want to do. Um, and then I would, you know, back that time out and know exactly what time I was going to bed. And I stuck to it. And today it's the same thing, right? I start going to bed early because I love waking up early. I'm actually excited for life. And I love that time before I start my day job where I have to create and to write and to do all this kind of stuff. And what really like so how because I I thought I I knew I wasn't the only one who woke up and had like a million thoughts that just went like crazy <laughs> but I really struggle because what I do is I I wake up and I have to meditate first thing in the morning because mm -hmm. if I don't then those thoughts just go crazy yeah but I find it's a still a struggle for me it's gotten better um, but just the, like, when you focus on all the movements, do you think that's because of the exercise part of it? Because I still struggle to keep those thoughts, like, in for a little bit, because I'll be meditating and partway through, I'm even doing a guided meditation, mm. and I'm just like, oh, I got to make sure I send that person an email, or I got to make right, sure I know. that, and <laughs> yeah, it drives yeah. me crazy. So I know. is that something that took practice for you to really kind of focus on movements and when you're doing that, you know, workouts? Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing that has helped me in this way is to remind yourself that you thinking about the email you're going to send, it literally, ha like, does not do it it does not add to your job it doesn't help you in any way it it actually distracts you and it it harms you because it takes you out of this moment and it makes you feel all tense and like anxious uh so i think yeah the biggest thing is just like really coming to terms with the fact that you thinking about it it doesn't actually have any real purpose and it actually <laughs> harms you and like yeah, it's it's not a good thing. Like it doesn't get the job done. It's not like you're going to forget about it. Like if if you thinking about it would actually help you get the job done, like it doesn't though. It it really just distracts you because 
you can just turn that on when you're actually working, you know, and then, oh, I'll send the email right now versus right now. Okay, I'm trying to meditate. I'm not trying to do emails right now. You know, it's like the wrong time for it. So you just, you know, tune it down. You just dial it down a bit, um, that that volume um, button. And then, you know, you're in the meditation or you're where you are. And then when you're actually in the work zone, then yes, that's actually a very helpful thing to know. It's like, all right, time to dial that back up. Thank you, mind, for remembering and being on top of these things. So it's kind of just um, just telling it, hey, like, no, 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 it's not your time right now. Like you're you're on a bit later in this in this set. Yeah, I uh, it's definitely a work in progress. Um, I feel I'd use the analogy. One of my friends and I laugh about it all the time that because of course I have such an all in mentality and I have ever since my addiction, I'm almost addicted to, you know, um, learning more and creating more and putting content out that can help people like it, it fires me up. But it's as though, you know, I've, I've signed up for a marathon and I've showed up like Mm -hmm. two hours before the marathon even starts. And I just start running Mm -hmm. because, you know, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's so many cool things to do today. And, you know, so for me, it's a real focus on, okay, make sure you kind of pull back sometimes because I, you can also mm-hmm. go off track with self-care, right? Because then you start to get too into everything. So do you find you have a fairly good balance between, you know, the podcasting, the work you do and your mm-hmm. self-care time? Yeah, I think this goes back to the principle of my health is my number one priority. Like, if I were to never create a piece of content again, never do a podcast again, never, you know, create anything ever again, but my health is aligned, that's more important to me than if my health is misaligned. And, I, you know, I've done all these cool things and put all this cool stuff out there. So I think it's really making that choice or I made that choice for myself of my health is my number one priority and nothing will come before that. And so you know, because, yeah, we want to, like, do all these great things, and we're so excited, and there's so much out there, and the world is so vast and exciting, and uh, you can kind of get lost in that, um, and then forget to take care of your body, your health, and your mind, your spirit, and, um, like, I guess I'm very very aware of if that that if that is happening maybe i think i'm maybe on the other end of of the spectrum here like from from you yeah it's uh it's definitely a a, it's a just a progress thing so um but i notice when i take care of my health and i'm walking or exercising Mm -hmm. and doing resistant band training i feel so much better so you know obviously there's a lot of people struggling right now you can see it everywhere with people being you know confined inside and stuff like that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you know you were to run into somebody that was struggling maybe with depression or addiction issues and Mm -hmm. they just didn't know the first steps to take you know to create a more healthy more spiritual life just health in general what are kind of the top three things you would tell them how to start Mm-hmm. I think when somebody is depressed and down or stuck, they want they want something outside of them for like an answer. 
like, oh, I think I'm just missing the secret sauce somewhere. I just, you know, never encountered it. And I just need to find that one therapist and that one, you know, technique and this one thing that'll really do it for me. Right. And so I would say, like, first of all, there's no, you know, magic sauce, you know, secret thing that you're missing. Like, it's not, it's not anywhere outside of you. Um, and this is going to be a long, long journey. So just get ready for a long journey. And this is the journey of a lifetime. It's not like, because people treat depression like, you know, it's some kind of, it's like the same as a flu. It's like, oh, well, let me just, you know, be in bed for a week. I'll be all good. And, you know, I'll move on with my life, maybe take some pills or whatever. And then, you know, and then I won't be depressed. It's not like that. It's almost like an alcoholism. You're going to be this way your whole life. Just like, that's just what it's going to be. And the journey, but, but you're blessed in that way because this, this is your journey. Like, you know it now, like your journey to healing, that is your life. And you're going to learn so much from it. So like part of it is like almost being thankful and that just sounds so terrible, but, and it's, it's hard to do to like, what I want to be grateful for this challenge. Like, if you can do that, like you already are more powerful and, you know, almost like transcending the, the situation in that way. So um, yeah, first recognize that it's, it's a lifelong thing. Uh, there's no magic, magical, stuff you can do and it'll poof go away um maybe another thing would be like this is your opportunity to know yourself like being depressed it's because you're actually not who you really are like you're so out of sorts with that you're almost like being an actor in in life uh, and then inside, you're just like totally different person and everything just isn't working right. Um, this, so this is a huge opportunity to uh, like really dig into like who you are and then what how you relate to the world. Because I realized like when I was depressed, I, I would just I was just blaming everything like everything was wrong with the world. Like everything was a problem. It just everything was imperfect and terrible and broken and systems were broken and everything was unfair you know like this kind of sense um but if we are blaming uh, outside of us we're we're actually just like taking our own power away and we're just playing the victim and so there's this opportunity for you uh, if you want to take it to accept th things how they are and that's that's super hard. So hard to accept things just as they are. <laughs> like sounds so simple, but it's so hard. And so once you accept things, just you know, or or just begin to accept, or just like try to accept like the smallest thing. You know what? My room's messy, and I used to get you know. You can just be like, oh, instead of getting upset about that, I'm just gonna be like, okay, it's messy. Just to start there, you know, start like with the smallest thing possible, you know, and then from there you can learn to accept bigger and bigger things. Um, and then uh, you'll, you'll actually come to your own like personal philosophy on, you know, how people are, like what is fair and unfair. Like you will, you know, consider these things more and it's, it's really your opportunity to learn about the world and about your place in the world.
Um, and then third thing, I guess, you know, a lot of people say, you know, get help, like get, get a therapist, talk to your friends, talk to your family. But in my experience, I've had many a therapist. And um, unfortunately, you know, sometimes you just can't connect with some. I mean, sometimes you really can. So I say, you know, give it a try. But um, sometimes like I... I was go- I I had to go to a therapist um after I came like after I came out of school after the hospitalization they that was the recommendation but after a year of that I decided what I'm just going here complaining like weekly uh for an hour crying and then nothing's really changing because I thought therapists could fix me but the truth is like I'm going to heal myself that's that's the only healing that's possible nobody is going to like wave their magic wand and poof you're healed like that is not how healing works <laughs> it actually the only kind of healing is self-healing so through like through maybe through your conversation with somebody you gain this insight and then you use that later on but it's you healing yourself so like really understanding that um and you know but but there's help in different ways besides therapy besides you know talking to friends and family if you are you know blessed to have that uh there's so many books like i found you know a great number of uh, of you know just amazing books because what is a book like a book is somebody who like is an expert in this who thought about this thing for like years and maybe like has practiced this thing for decades and has really consolidated every like every piece of wisdom they ever you know, had to say about the topic of feeling bad and, you know, these things. And they've done the research and provided you this beautiful gift in the form of, you know, a cheap paperback, less than 10 bucks, or, you know, it's like, or a free, like a free ebook or whatever it is. It's like, what a beautiful thing to be, um, you know, offered this, uh, you know, abundance of, of insight. And so books, definitely, it's like, it's like, the it's like an explosion of flavor and you know wisdom that you know friends and family just may not have this background you know and so that that definitely helps and i think if you want to heal like your intuition is going to guide you to places and you just you know you want to trust that just like when i was like coming out of the hospital and i was like i just i'll just open the podcast app because i just want to listen to something while i run like okay but you know for you it could be youtube videos it could be you know start wherever you want to start like there's no again there's no one place there's no like magic place um it's it's like you know now you're on this adventure journey of healing and um you know get ready to like you know have your mind the doors blown open and your perspective shift and have get ready for your life to shift you know by your own doing yeah it is crazy and you know i think you're right with it's not therapy's great and i have you know a therapist that i still see regularly but now it's more for my own personal development but mm-hmm. in all honesty that the my pivoting point came at my rock bottom when i finally made the decision to change but before that I knew things were off track, but I really wasn't ready, right? It was, it it wouldn't have mattered if I would have, you know, gone to therapy or, you know, my friends were all like, what are you doing? This isn't you. And it didn't matter what people said to me until I actually made the decision that, 
oh, okay, you know what? This is getting out of hand. I don't want to feel this way anymore. I'm going to do other things and start my own journey. That's when things started to change. And then everything, like you said, it starts to align and you start to invite people into your life that can help and that become, you know, a big deal. And people just cross your path and you're like, wow, I, I feel like I was really meant to meet you because so many incredible changes have happened. So I do love how you mentioned that because I think, yeah, you have to, first of all, you have to decide, okay, I'm, I'm sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. Yeah. And there's it's so many hard. options, so many options. Right. Because I think... Yeah, there's such a difference between like a slight dissatisfaction of like, eh, things could be better versus like, no, no, I'm in the jaws of a deep, dark hole. <laughs> like, I don't even know which way's up anymore. There's no light. Uh, things need to change in such a dramatic way, like in like a nuclear way. And I have no idea where to start. Like, when you're in that place that's like that's actually just such a fertile ground for you to recreate who you are and you know dive into what it means to be human mm -hmm. yeah. oh i love that <laughs> so if people want to learn more um where can they find you uh guruplease.com that's the podcast um website and yeah i would say that's where you know that's where I usually am I I don't really do many like interviews that aren't like interviewing other people so yeah this is this is quite different <laughs> okay well it was nice to be have you on that side because yeah. you know yeah. I was on your show very recently right, right. but mm -hmm. um, I appreciate that you came on to share your story I think it's so important especially today because of just everything that's going on in the world so I think it's important that you know, we talk about stuff that we've been through so that we have mm -hmm. this comp. We, people start to realize that they're not the only ones out there that feel this way and that there is help and there is hope. And, yeah. you know, like we talked about, you're, you're capable of so much more than you even yeah. think kind of thing. So, Jessica, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate having you here. Yeah, thank you so much, Tamar. And this has been such a pleasure. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. I know I did. It is, like I talk about, one of the really, really cool things about being a podcaster is you get to talk to so many cool people. And uh, I really enjoy doing this and I plan to continue. Now, as you know, next month, February 15th, The Road to Health will become The Road Beyond Recovery. And I'm really excited to share with you these interviews that I know are going to completely inspire you. And, you know, it's not only for people in recovery, it's for people that really want to discover their purpose, right? And for those of you who want to become entrepreneurs or who have thought about it, I'm going to bring on guests that can teach you how to do that and become successful, right? Because I know in my early journey of entrepreneurship, I would just surround myself with people who had what I wanted and I just started to learn from them and some amazing things have happened as a result. So I'm going to be giving you some massive connections that you can, you know, find out more and also learn how to create the life that you want. So I'm really excited for that. That's happening February the 15th. And guys, I hope you stay safe out there and I'll talk to you next week.
that wraps up another episode of the Road to Health podcast, where my mission is to empower you to live up to your true potential because you're capable of so much more than you think. I know from experience, it can be hard to make healthy lifestyle changes that actually stick. I work with people to help them create a vision, define their goals, and identify the roadblocks that stop them from achieving them. If you'd like to learn more about my individual and group coaching, visit my website at www.theroadforward.ca. And when you're there, make sure you sign up for one of my free live workshops so you can start your journey today.